Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Hoffenheim Academy coach Christian Dobrecht to preview the 2021-22 Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. Both respectively coming off the back of remarkable domestic campaigns looking to crown them in European glory. Christian, a big welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Really glad to be here the third time in a row. <laughs> third time, first hat-trick. Christian... Yes. How much are you looking forward to Saturday's game? A dream final in many respects. To be honest, I'm maybe looking uh, compared to the other years or the last years, it's maybe the time where I'm most hyped about this final. Um, like after the game from Real Madrid against Manchester City and how it went out, it's really interesting to see what happens because both teams are so different in their whole approach and the whole culture and how they try to to play their game it will be really interesting also the clash of the personalities between Carlo Ancelotti and Jurgen Klopp I think it's like uh, fire and water so really 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 interesting and uh, yeah I'm really hyped about it and it's something we've been going back and forth on WhatsApp we spoke about last year of course we had a final Chelsea Manchester City two coaches well adept masters of control really but this year, we look at both Carlo Ancelotti and Jurgen Klopp. They really are fine-attuned to harnessing that chaos. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally about chaos this year. But I think also Jurgen Klopp is a really controlled guy, even though sometimes from his appearance it doesn't seem to be. But he is. I, I can promise. Like when you see what he has done at Dortmund uh, in his German times, and uh, also when you see it, what he created at Liverpool and the whole culture in the club. Um, it's so innovative and so about control, but on the other hand, it's heavy metal football as it best. And uh, there's a lot of freedom. And on the other hand, you see Real Madrid and how Carlo Ancelotti is again able to bring the best out of world-class players. And yeah, like the joke, he's uh, staying on the sideline and just chewing his chewing gum. And uh, within five minutes or something, the chaos is breaking out and uh, is... Uh, overrolling Manchester City and nobody knows what happens. I think it will be really interesting to see how it uh, will turn out, especially because uh, Sergio Ramos isn't anymore there to enjoy Mo Salah. Yeah, and that's the source of many Liverpool fans' angst traveling to Paris this Saturday. But if we are to focus on the Reds, I mean, what a remarkable season Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool are after having. They're now going to complete a cup treble, or going to try at least out of the many different tactical things which Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool have had this season, what has impressed you the most about the German side? I think the most impressing uh, aspect about Liverpool and also about Jurgen Klopp is how he changed in this season. Like, um, I think he has learned so many new things in England and he's so open for new things and so open to advance and and make his way of playing football better and more controlled and even though keeping its strength i think it's it's really interesting to see and when you can see uh how strong and consistent they are in this season um, i think it's, it's really impressive to be on that level all the time and even though at the weekend it was a hard time for liverpool i'm really sure that they will be able to bring this level again on the pitch and in the final where it's uh, all or nothing and yeah, I think Jürgen Klopp is the right guy for this and it would be really impressing if he would made it with the Champions League again. 
and also for Liverpool. I think it's a huge thing for the club in general and how the culture changed within the club since he has arrived. Um, yeah, I think it's really impressive. And um, in general, also the tactical aspects, how they changed on the tactical side with uh, integrating Thiago, for example. There are so many new things in their game and how they can change the rhythm and uh, how how they are so so have so many possibilities to to attack the opponent and to control the game. I think that's the most impressive thing about that. And it's something which you touched upon, but obviously the heartbreak of finishing second in the title race last Sunday. I mean, do you think in any shape, way, or form, Christian, that will affect? the red psychologically going into the game on Saturday? No, I don't think so. I've thought a lot about this topic this week and how it will affect. I think it was a heartbreak. It was like the moment of Aguero scoring in the last minute for City this weekend. And it was, yeah, it, it was a tough time because they had the feeling they could, could made it after Aston Villa was, was in the lead. But um, yeah, I think they're so professional and so consistent over the season that they can uh, get strength out of the suffering. Um, and I also think that the consistency and the yeah, how Jurgen Klopp is able to motivate his players and get the best out of it will, will carry them. I think more than the, the heartbreak and the, the disappointment from, from Sunday is maybe the, the lost final a few years ago against Real Madrid in the heads of the players. And I think that will be the main issue to solve for Liverpool. Then after since the late and best this season, Liverpool, they're almost like a Swiss army knife. They're able to attack. They're able to kill you in so many ways. And undoubtedly, the real ammunition from this Christian stems from that front five. I don't really think there are many teams in, in European football, let alone world football, that have better firepower than Liverpool at the moment. I would totally agree. I would totally agree. I think they are, the, like you said, the Swiss Army knife. They have so many possibilities to control a game on a tactical level and also when it comes to the mental point of view. Um, I think there is no team, maybe Real Madrid, we will see, uh, that is more mental stable than Liverpool and more consistent about this. And on the tactical aspects, I think it's really impressive how they integrated Thiago and his really different kind of, of playing. Like when you saw Thiago uh, in, in the Bundesliga, the Bundesliga is also a fast league compared to La Liga when it comes to the rhythm of the game. But um, how he improved and how he changed the game of Liverpool, especially against opponents that sit more deep into their own half, I think it's it's uh, made them even more dangerous for the opponent. And Real Madrid will be uh, or having a tough time to dominate because when you see at Real Madrid, compared to the Swiss Army Knife Liverpool, when they dominate, it's always about creating chaos for the opponent. And I think that there may be, or Liverpool is maybe not that into uh, getting confused by the chaos like Man City did, you know, when... You see Pep Guardiola, he is really all about control, control, control. And when the game isn't in control anymore, that's something that's in his whole career. Um, the, the team loses structure and also they're not that dangerous anymore. For example, as he lost the, the, the semi-final against Atletico Madrid with Bayern Munich, was also they, he was destroyed and uh, the, the game was destroyed by Atletico and that's something that kills the control. And I think Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, on the other hand, they are not as, as easily irritated by something like this as Man City. So 
maybe the the Madrid strategy strategy won't be working against Liverpool. We'll see. And um, yeah. why do you think, Christian, then that Liverpool won't be dragged into the chaos? What is the foundation behind that? I think they are mentally really, really strong. Um, I think they work on, on the mental performance a lot better and they are the benchmark in Europe when it comes to mental performance because they are not only working with uh, psychologists like uh, most of the clubs at the top, top level do. They also work with uh, yeah, neuroscientists and they know how to uh, get the science into the, the mental performance. And I think you can see this, for example, Sadio Mane and how he recovered from his, from his low and all these this things, they are really stable and they are not into doubt when it won't work for one or two games. And they are really into their principles and they believe. And that's something that makes them so, so strong. Uh, and that's why they are not easily affected by chaos, I think, because they even in the chaos they feel comfortable because they are so into believing in themselves and also in the game and also in the person Jurgen Klopp as you can obviously see also with the fans and the city and uh, in, in German television there are all, always uh, reports how Jurgen Klopp changed also the yeah the, the fan base of Liverpool and I think that's something this charisma is really helping to not getting affected by chaos because. Yeah, they are so driven into what they makes them strong as a team, and also the personalities in, into the squad. I think when you see something like uh, or somebody like Virgil Van Dijk, just he's like a bear, and he's so strong when it comes to getting recovered from from uh, defeats and so on. I think that's something that's really important, and they they trust each other, and yeah. They trust into what they're doing and not easily affected by chaos because they're not always about control. Sometimes they are good enough to enjoy the chaos. <laughs> That's something, to be honest, we don't speak enough about in football. I think we undervalue it a lot. That's the social and that's the psychological side of playing top flight elite football. But if I'm looking at that Liverpool team, Christian, and a lot of their evolution, which I have to agree with you, bringing some order to that chaos, which... Klopp initially oversaw at Liverpool has been Fabinho and Thiago. Now, there's been many rumours to suggest that both of those will not be playing in the start mm. of the Saturday. They're so crucial to that Liverpool setup and how they resist pressure and how they find players between the lines. Um, there's been other rumours to suggest how Liverpool will compensate for that both, for that duo loss. Will they play with a double pivot? Will Trent Alexander-Arnold play that a little bit deeper? How do you think Liverpool will negate the loss of two such pivotal midfielders? Yeah, it will be really hard. For example, when you see Thiago, I think he's the, the player with the best vision in, in football at all at the moment. Um, that's something that's hard to compare. Um, it's not just about the rhythm and how he knows when to make a pause and when to increase the tempo of the game. That's something that he's really good at. Uh, I think maybe as good as Xavi was. Um, but yeah, I think it's really hard to compensate. And the same with Fabinho. Um, maybe they will need to create something like getting players on the pitch that are more intense. And uh, yeah, in the end, it's it's... They can't dominate because of that as they could in, in the last games. But uh, when you see the old Liverpool, it was also about much tempo and about um, being aggressive and pressing and uh, the typical German Jürgen Klopp things. 
and maybe they will get a bit more back to the roots, uh, especially because it's, I think, in the final, it's all about this one moment. This one moment can change everything. And when you're intense and you're good at it and you're good at press and uh, have players on the pitch that are not that good into the rhythm, but they are aggressive, maybe you can you can compensate. But I'm not sure. I think it's it's a hard, uh, yeah, really hard task for your club to find a solution about this. And yeah, we'll see if it makes sense to to solve it with Alexander Arnold or find a different solution. I'm really curious about that. When we speak about Master in the moment, and of course Liverpool's opponents on Saturday have no trouble, such as that Real Madrid. And unlike Liverpool, they will be picking from a fully fit and stacked squad. Um, it's been a Champions League campaign, nearly written in the stairs for Carlo Ancelotti's men with comeback victories versus PSG, Chelsea and Manchester City. Yeah, I think Real Madrid is uh, a phenomenon. Nobody knows how they do it, but they, they managed to do it. And I think Carlo Ancelotti is a master in uh, man management and finding the, or bringing the best out of every player in every moment. Like Karim Benzema, he's in the best form of his life. And I think there's the, like Casemiro also, Toni Kroos, same. I think uh, even though they are getting older, they are so, so good right now. And um, you can see in La Liga also in the league that they had a huge advantage over every team in the league because they are so good when it comes to the individual aspect and Carlo Ancelotti knows how to use it. It's not a coincidence that he won the Champions League with Real Madrid. And uh, I think it's also not a coincidence that Zinedine Zidane, who was his, his I think, his student in the end, uh, had the same traits, especially as a, yeah old world-class player. Um, I think this management is really important at Real Madrid and he's the right man for that. And to... Yeah, and it's like with every aspect, when you have the players on your side and the players do their best and the players know how to use their weapons and they, they are into the flow, it's uh, hard, hard for every team. And also that, again, it's not a coincidence that Real Madrid is in the final and that they're overperforming. I think when you see at the stats, maybe they shouldn't have won uh, against Manchester City. They weren't the better team. But in the end, it's enough in those uh, knockout games. And to be honest, what I've seen from Madrid this season, it almost reminds me of something akin to a last dance, what we've seen with the Chicago Bulls in the 90s with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Because behind the scenes, we all know about the protracted move that was made to San Kelly and Mbappe, which obviously has blown very much in their face over the weekend to replace an aging Karen Benzema, I must add. And we've seen this evening, they've in fact agreed a fee with Monaco to sign Ireland Schumani. But a lot of their campaign has been punctuated, Christian, by these elderly men, such as Tony Cruz, Luka Modric, and the talismanic figure of Karim Benzema. Everything these men seem to be touching in games seems to be turning to gold. Yeah, yeah, and in the end, I think it's um, the last, the last step, or also the last opportunity for them to win the Champions League. I think, like you said, Kylian Mbappé was at the gates, even though he wasn't. Uh, wasn't signed yet or wasn't signed because of PSG made a really, really good offer. <laughs> and um, it's maybe the last opportunity, like the Chelsea squad who won it in 2012 with Drogba and Lampard and so on. It was also the last opportunity for them and they did it. And that's something you shouldn't underestimate. They are hungry and they like to sh 
show everybody that they're even without Cristiano Ronaldo are a top force in, in European football and that they can can do it. For example, Toni Kroos, um, he was always at Bayern Munich, the guy who everybody said he's just making uh, lateral passes and he's not good enough for Bayern to be a, a top, top player when it comes to the salary. But in the end, he is, and he is really driven to show it to everybody. And it's the same with Karim Benzema. It's the same with, with Casemiro and Luka Modric. And that's something that's a huge mental aspect to be into this mood like we will show them we are the best, even though we are, we're getting older. And it's one of those things, too, where I think we have to give Carlo Ancelotti some credit. And to paraphrase the great Bruce Lee, my style is no style. We've seen Real Madrid in La Liga. We've seen them in the Champions League this season play a variety of formations, a variety of playing styles. I've seen them personally defend deep and break and get teams on a counter. I've seen them be more direct. I've seen them play more expansive. I've seen them play more possession-based type football when needed. And I think this season, Ancelotti has become the first man to win the Major League title in all five in all five leagues. I mean, you can't really understate the nous and the experience of such a man rising to the big occasion in Paris again on Saturday. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really incredible what he has done in his career and how he's managing those characters and those egos and everybody likes to get at the top and he is just like, he's so calm and so experienced and he knows how to bring the best out of everybody. And like you said, again, it's not a coincidence that he won five uh, leagues in his career um, we'll see what he his, his tactical approach is I have the theory that maybe it's not that important for him when it comes to the the tactical aspect and it's more to the assistant coaches but all in all you can see Real Madrid has a, a really excellent squad of coaches a really good staff and uh, I think they will find a, a good solution a good approach and uh, approach that helps them to maybe get their hands onto the trophy and Carlo Ancelotti it's like a lot of I think one of the older coaches at, at football they have this experience to know which player needs what at what moment and that's maybe something that when you're too much into your tacticals uh, something you you'll miss and that's the, the biggest strength of, of Carlo I think yeah and to be fair to the great Italian himself, I think what's been very understated and undervalued about his management this season, Christian, has been the yeah. in-game management, has been those changes. I mean, yeah. reflecting back in Real Madrid's campaign to date, in each of the second legs in the knockouts, I've seen Eduardo Camavinga, 19-year-old, coming on playing as a single pivot against PSG, against Chelsea in the quarters and against City in the semi-finals coming on to great effect and change in the games. We've seen Rodrigo come on. I mean, these real, these young guys coming onto the big stage, they're actually developing a reputation of changing a game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think what Camavinga has done in, in those matches was incredible. He was incredibly good. And I think it's huge to have the trust into those young boys to uh, turn a match like this, uh, this match against City around. And that's so brave to make this decision. Like, uh, substitute a Tony Kroos or Luka Modric for those young boys and as you said it's, it's something that's really remarkable about Real Madrid and I haven't seen this in, in yeah I think a few years that somebody is brave enough to to just try in, on this level 
And if we're to look at the tactics and where the game will be won and lost on Saturday, Christian, what areas in the pitch are you looking towards? I think it's like at the, the top stage, it's all the time. It's uh, about the midfield battle. Um, I think the last time we spoke about uh, Thomas Tuchel and, and Guardiola and their approaches and how it will be uh, decided uh, into the half spaces. And in the end, it was decided into the half space because uh, Chelsea last year was really good into blocking the half spaces and uh, get their counter attacks with Havertz and also with Timo Werner. And um, I think this time it will be the same. Real Madrid needs to control, uh, especially the, the half spaces in midfield, because we all know that Sadi Mane and Moussala and uh, also Diego Jota and uh, Roberto Firmino, all those players are capable to be a really threat about this and uh, uh, yeah, attack those, those spaces and get in behind. And I think that's something Real Madrid needs to control. And uh, they also need to, I think in the end, being able to counter the, dyna uh, the dynamism of, of Liverpool and the, the whole dynamic um, they're into and the aggressiveness when they're good enough to, to compensate this in midfield. I think many things are won. And then it's about getting those counterattacks and uh, use the, I think, the skill of, of Karim Benzema, obviously, of uh, Vinicius. Those are the, the most important things. Then it's about tempo and get the lucky punch or also the, the planned punch. Not about luck, but this the midfield again will be the game change, in my opinion. Better for worse, we all kind of know how Liverpool are going to set up with or without Fabinho and Thiago. For me, what I think it boils down to, Christian, in fact, is how patient Real Madrid can be because we just know from the enormity of the occasion, we know from the type of club Real Madrid's are themselves going for a 14th European Cup. Do they really want to be playing on the back foot? But I think, in fact, playing on the back foot, succeeding space to Liverpool and playing that game of chess against how far they want Trent Alexander-Arnold to venture forward to leave that space for, for Vinicius will be key. And in fact, what I'm looking towards and what I've written down here in my notes is the issue of the false nine for Liverpool. Now, if you're a Carlo Ancelotti, what would be the approach you would have? Would you have those centre-backs Although agile, the likes of Edward, the likes of Edar, Melotau, David Alaba, would you have them following the false nine into midfield or would you see the pass them off? Yeah, I think it's the, the hardest question about this. You know, the false nine is really hard to cover and it's uh, generating superiorities between the lines. And in the end, when you decide to bring one of your centre-backs into the midfield and try to follow... Players like Sadio Mane or Samo Salah, they're really able to, to exploit those gaps that you're leaving behind. So when you're good enough to, to close down those gaps as a, as a back four or back five, doesn't matter, then you could follow. But in the end, I think it's something that's really dangerous. And maybe it's, it's more intelligent for Real Madrid to not follow and to stay deep and be, be compact and try to solve it with, a, with using the cover shadow of uh, the pivots, like Casemiro is able and Valverde is able to to cover it. And uh, yeah, being good enough to even win a, a two versus three or a two versus four. And even though you won't get the control between the lines because of that, when you have pivots like this, they will make mistakes and then you are maybe able to, to set the counter. But in the end, if you would ask me as a coach, I, I wouldn't let them follow because I would be too much into, into fear about the strength of, of the wingers of Liverpool. Is that what makes 
I suppose Saturday such a titanic battle and it'll be a game for the ages. Christian, if I had to push you for any score predictions, which way you're leaning for this one? I think it would be a really close match and we will get into extra time. But in the end, I think uh, it will be a win for Jurgen Klopp and also for Liverpool with uh, 2-1. Be back-to-back Champions League titles for German coaches. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I have four the hope for a 2-1 and also for a win of Liverpool. But in the end, I also think that they are, when it comes all in all, about the whole season, then the team that I've been more impressed by because of the uh, the way they're playing and just the culture and the habits they have and how they yeah, they live football and set Liverpool so the whole city on fire. So it's like a wish, but also I think that they will win. <laughs> all eyes lead to Paris or all roads yeah. lead to Paris this Saturday. Christian, thank you for coming on and enjoy the game. You too. Thanks for having me.